0: At the deepest level, I don't know if we're going anywhere. Uh, It's just returning to where we are and removing any of the illusions that there is, you know, anything else than right here and right now in this moment, any sense of separation. As a humanity, we are in a profound awakening. Um and a very pivotal sort of evolutionary moment in humanity's evolution. The last few years has forced and invited us all to be, to surrender, to let go of all the egoic forms of identification.
1: one person actually make a difference in unifying the entire world? What are some tools I can use to live a life of more freedom? These are just some of the concepts you'll hear about in every episode of See One Beautiful Soul.
2: Welcome back to See One Beautiful Soul. This is Barbara Heller and I am so happy to be back here with you guys hanging out, talking about how there is no such thing as separation. We are all connected We are all the same, and whatever you see in someone else, you have, whether that's something you want to see or something you don't want to see, it's always an invitation, right, to looking deeper within. Today's guest is someone I got to retreat with. I was lucky enough to get to be a student of his in one of his three-day workshops called, back then it was called, The Man Breakthrough Experience. I had just broken up an engagement and was like, I don't know anything about men, because (laughs) clearly... I attracted a great guy who just wasn't the right fit for me, and I want to learn everything that I can possibly learn so that I don't make that choice again. I want to be with somebody till the end. So I went and hung out with him for three days and felt brand new. In fact, it had nothing really to do with men. It was all about women learning more about what we really need and what men really need, but mostly Back to us, what we really need. And there was so much drama therapy that we did in that weekend. It was a very rigorous weekend, but some of the best parts were just getting to sit back and listen to Coot speak to all of us. And Coot Blackson has this incredible ability to speak beyond the brain, he talks right to your soul. And I am so excited to share him with you a second time. He asked if he could come back to the podcast I guess he had a good time the first time and before I get there. I just want to say I was godsmacked by Mel Robbins, uh, several months ago I went to visit my sister who was doing a live podcast of hers And mel robbins was her special guest. Some of you have written to me that you saw it Anyway, if you did see that or hear it. Um, I'm on episode 13 and I believe 72 of Mel Robbins podcast where she does an update of what happened to me. And just to make it a short description back in October of 2022, I came to visit my sister here in LA. I was going on a retreat and she said, why don't you come a couple days early and come hear the live taping of me and Mel Robbins. And I said, Oh my gosh, I love her. I've imitated her on stages before I do her impression. And she said, I know I said, I love her so much. I cannot wait to hang out with her and you. It's going to be great. And I didn't expect to meet her. I just thought I was going to be sitting in the audience, which was fine. And all of a sudden, uh, about halfway through the program, she turns to me live in front of a studio audience and a bunch of cameras and says, why don't you come up and do your impression of Mel Robbins for Mel Robbins, which of course I jumped at the chance to do, but I was a little nervous and intimidated, of course did my impression. And then it never really occurred to me that Mel could potentially coach me live in front of all these people. She wound up doing so, putting it on her podcast. It was a very intense, high, high def breakthrough moment for me. And one of the things that I had been really dancing with over the past uh, couple of years is should I graduate from being in show business? Because it's it's been wonderful, but also a very Uh, Adventurous ride, and I'm I I might be ready to get off. You know, I'm 45, 46 years old, and maybe it's time I just hang up my dancing shoes and and just direct documentaries and write books and do retreats and things like that instead of doing that plus acting. And she said, "What are you doing? Why are you still in Florida? You can you can do it in Florida, but you seem like such an LA or New York person because you're so talented." And I remember, if you know Mel Robbins, hopefully you'll think that's a good one. Um, And so I was just awestruck by the question and I really didn't have a good answer. In fact, I said something I never say, something that if one of my coaching students would say to me, I would give them a bunch of writing assignments around it. And that is the following sentence. It's okay for me to play small. And I had no idea that that was sitting inside of My belly, but it was right there as soon as she asked me, with all the cameras and eyeballs on me, it just popped out. You know, sometimes the coolest things happen on stage. And lo and behold, uh, I started bawling my eyes out. And meanwhile, at the end of it, she dared me to do a Netflix special, which is, I had been talking and dreaming and writing about doing a Netflix series. In fact, I had pitched something to Netflix a few times, the story of my life, right? And something I'm sure a lot of us think about and contemplate. And they didn't think it was edgy enough. So I just was like, okay, I guess that's it. And instead of going back to the drawing board, I just sort of allowed that to be what it was. And then I wrote a book thinking, oh, maybe the book, the memoir will springboard into a Netflix special, but never in my wildest imagination did I think Mel Robbins would be coaching me and telling me to do a Netflix special on my life. And then maybe from there do something else. But because I'm open to possibility, I thought I'm going to take her up on this. And so I decided to move back across the country from Florida to LA. And sometimes like in Hebrew, we say, if you change your place, your location, you can change your mazal, your fate. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, The second I landed here in LA, I was greeted by my Jewish community, my friends that are like family, friends that are like family to me. And I just felt like I was right back in this thriving environment and I never thought I was going to come back to LA. I was, I was very happy in terms of Florida or or at least the East coast, like New York and Florida um, thinking that's where I was going to, you know, reside for a while. And it just became this thing where I was like, I'm going to write a show. I'm going to write a one woman show. And so I did. I wrote a show called Messianic Moments and Cosmic Conversations. It just poured out of me where I'm playing eight different female characters from ages 18 to 88 with all different backgrounds, all different accents, uh, all different life circumstances, but all really saying the same thing, which is I am not listening to others the way I probably should be. And I am not being heard the way that I want to be. And it is a One woman musical, more of like a dramedy about the effects of cancel culture on our environment. And people today are so incredibly judgmental based on who you follow on social media, things that you say, words taken out of contact. It's really affecting not just our mental and emotional health, but our spiritual health and sometimes even our physical health. The question that all eight characters are asked is, what do you do when you feel a lack of faith? And the question has now become, because the, the the show is actually changing. In fact, just today, I had a meeting with a producer and um, my director, and the question is now going to be, drum roll, please. Da, 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 how a five minute open-hearted conversation could save a life. I'm lucky enough to be having a Q and A expert panel conversation after the next show. We we just won an encore award here at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. We premiered just a few weeks ago in June here in the Hollywood Fringe, a friend of mine, Pamela had dared me to join the Fringe Festival. And it was such a great thing because it's one thing to produce a show. And I've done that before multiple times um, on your own, you know, stage, get your own venue. But this was like packed with extra PR and an award show. And we, we were up for a few awards and we got one. We won this encore producers award, which is so exciting. I had no idea what was going to happen when I put my hat in the ring. And, People came out and supported me, friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, people from my Jewish community, and I have just felt such a warm response, and I was so afraid of sharing this show because there were a lot of things that I was worried about, and yet it just all kind of flowed. Now we've been invited to the Edinburgh Festival, um, to Vancouver, Canada, to perform it there, uh, to New York. And so I'm I'm loading up this tour schedule. It's so exciting. So it might come to a, a theater near you. If you'd like to see the Encore performance, please uh, email me at info at barbheller.com or just go to barbheller.com backslash solo show. Barbheller.com backslash S-O-L-O-S-H-O-W. Feel free to email me. Go you can go on YouTube and look at all the trailers. I made a few. There's also a, a cute little documentary I made about me and Mel Robbins and being on her podcast and what that did for me and just my confidence in coming back to LA with a completely new fresh look on what I'm doing and what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing here, what my purpose is. Thank you so much for your support. So many of you have reached out to me and been so kind and, and generous and have flown in to see the show and driven in from far away. And I'm just so grateful. I really feel like this show is basically See One Beautiful Soul on stage, me playing a lot of different parts. I based the dialogue on my show on the documentaries that I've shot when people say, don't put this in the film. So I took notes and some of the things that people have said, I I actually packed into the show. So I am voicing what hasn't been voiced on on this podcast and in my documentaries, and I hope you appreciate it and enjoy it. And if you would like to bring it to a theater or an organization near you, a synagogue, a church, a mosque, uh, some sort of organization that is dealing with people not listening to each other and judging harshly, and people are in fights, either emotionally or physically, and you'd like to bring some more peace and love and humor and song and community to your community, let me know. I'm happy to bring it there. All right. Without further ado, here is Coot Blackson. So Coot, welcome back to See One Beautiful Soul. This podcast is all about forgiveness and you did such a beautiful job last time of sharing with us how the future really is in surrender and it is in being the one, <laughs> just to, to quote all of your books. But you also shared about your forgiveness of yourself and of your dad and of all the the things that brought you to Venice and how you climbed a mountain that you felt was coming for a long time. What's the new thing? Like, I feel like out of all the people I know, you have such a firm antenna for what the generation is leaning into, like spiritually in the 5D. You're like a thermometer spiritually for the whole world. <laughs> anyway, maybe Brandon Bays is close mm. also. She's also a guest or Dr. Joe, you know, is also good at that. You being so spiritually attuned, where, where are we going? Where's the future? What do we have to work on as a, as a nation, as a world? I would love to hear if there, I know that's in your book. So you could get to that.
0: I think where we're going is where we are at the deepest level. I don't know if we're going anywhere. Uh, it's just returning to where we are and removing any of the illusions that there is, you know, anything else than right here, and right now, in this moment, and any sense of separation. As a humanity, we are in a profound awakening and a very pivotal sort of evolutionary moment in humanity's evolution that the last few years has forced and invited us all to be to surrender, to let go of all the egoic forms of identification I think through that process we're being invited to sort of return and remember like who am I really though we are in a an enlightenment process you know as a humanity a very kind of accelerated process with change and stuff and things moving and politically and economically and I think all of this is really serving conspiring our evolution to wake up more and more. I think it's the only thing that's ever been going on from the beginning of time. I think I think just now it's accelerating, which is why so many events and experiences and climate and recessions and politics is just it's kind of converging to to force us to question and let go. And go inside, I think for so long, we're so addicted to ourselves, we're so addicted to. Our ego, egoic identities. We're so addicted to our personalities and personas. We're so addicted to being in control. We're so addicted to the illusion of being separate. Now there is kind of an accelerated evolutionary process that is happening, which is why COVID, pandemics, this, that, whatever you, you know, all of these are just, I think, evolutionary impulses to push us deeper and take us deeper more quickly. More than anything, we're like in the midst of a quantum leap shift in consciousness as a humanity. There is a huge purification that is going on, has been going on. And many times, in the process of purification on a human, mental, emotional, psychological level, all of the shit that has been suppressed and hasn't been dealt with and has been in the shadow and in the unconscious <clears throat> kind of has to come up to the surface. In order to be healed, in order to be seen, in order p- in order to be looked at, in order to be transformed, in order to be transmuted, in order to be embraced, in order to be loved, so that more light can shine to every part of us. Exciting time that our souls have chosen to incarnate in right now, and so like this is is happening.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Um, You're the first guest I've had on twice. Very excited that you're back. And uh, guys, if you haven't checked out uh, audio videos, coots Instagram, you gotta check it out for that daily dose of soul homework. And speaking of homework, I met you through the man breakthrough experience. Mm. And um we spoke a little bit about that in, in the first interview I had with you. But you have such a great read on men and women. I don't mean to you know put down anyone who doesn't fit in that category. I know that's like oh. a very uh common thing today for people to be like offended by saying divine masculine, divine feminine. I personally mm. believe in that as like a a thing. And I also totally see that some people have a difficult time with that because it may not be what they're used to, or they might see themselves with certain parts. And but I still think that we all carry pieces of divine masculine, divine feminine. And so when I was going to the man breakthrough experience with you for the three days that we were in that hotel doing so much good work. And you know, you came to me and you said the word surrender and it was like my homework. I wonder if you could talk a little bit for people who are a little frustrated either in relationship as husband and wife or partner and partner or wife and wife or whatever that is. And also what is our homework in terms of like, like you see the masculine as having this specific job and you do it so well at communicating. Have you seen any evidence in this awakening that people are starting to get it right, quote unquote, in a new way? And if so, what's our homework?
0: Hmm. I think our homework as human beings really to awaken and remember who we really are. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. We are souls, and we incarnate into this human experience in this human body, in this physical body, with our traits and our ethnicities and our physicalities and our personalities. Um, I think in order to learn, to grow, to evolve. And to me, life is really just a, a school, a, a university for our soul's evolution more than anything. And every experience, every relationship, every interaction, every uh, job, every boss, every, everything about everything, everything is really part of the curriculum for our soul's growth and evolution. And so I think when we start seeing life from a deeper lens than just I'm here, I'm born, make money and die. Uh, when we start seeing life from the lens of the soul, we move out of a one-dimensional perspective. We move into a more multi-dimensional perspective. We start seeing life from the gold line, the what, to the soul line, and also the why. And it takes on life takes on a different context. Life takes on a different perspective, a different relationship with life is what we start to cultivate. I, I would say from the recognition that we are souls and our true essence and identity as souls beyond just this body, we start realizing that the real purpose of life is to learn, to grow, to evolve, to learn the lessons where we are with who we're with, regardless of whatever it is we're doing. And on some level, it really doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter who we're in relationship with. It doesn't matter what's going on. What matters is that we are learning the lessons where we are with who we're with, no matter what's going on. And we're evolving and realizing a deeper dimension of ourselves expressing who we truly authentically are that's the homework so in a sense the homework for us is always happening the homework for us is always going on the purpose of our life is evolution you know homework is always in session if you are diligently asking yourself the question regardless of the relationship challenge the work challenge why is this happening to me not from a victim standpoint why is this happening to me but from a Soul question of like, why did I attract this experience? And what is my soul seeking to learn? And what is my soul seeking to see about itself here? And how can I evolve? And what am I seeking to resolve? Then I think we can use every moment, honestly, every every interaction, even if it's challenging, even if it's difficult, even if it's seemingly impossible, even if it seems disastrous, we can use it for a growth, evolution, awakening, And um, I think that's our homework, you know. And so I think relationships can be one of the vehicles or one of the methods or one of the vessels or one of the pathways to to show us ourselves. Uh, Relationships can be one of the, shall we say, the vessels to reflect to us where we are and where we're not you can think that, ah, oh, you're great, you're doing great, everything is amazing, and then you jump into a relationship and all oh, shit hit the fan, and then you start seeing, oh, my God, like, there's so much I haven't resolved, and there's certain lessons that I, that I thought I had learned, but I haven't really learned, and it just, relationship shows you, humbles you, is fee- is a feedback mechanism for your evolution. When we understand that we are souls and the purpose of life, then we understand the purpose of relationship that the real purpose of relationship is ultimately for your awakening and evolution as well. But when we have a misperception of it, then we kind of go into relationship to like get love and get the love that we didn't get when we were young. And we now often unconsciously make the person and our partners responsible for the love that we didn't get. And they're the ones, now I found someone, I found the one and they're the ones that are going to give it to me. And we put all of that pressure on them And the truth is no human being can really give that to us. No human being is is, is too much for one human being to fulfill that desire. And ultimately, the desire, only God can fulfill that. Only really in our connection to the divine can that be fulfilled. Often, we impose on another person the responsibility that is not theirs. And relationship can become, there can be so many conflicts in relationship because we're trying to get something that the other person can never fulfill. And many times we're not even in relationship with the other person. We're in relationship with our dad or our mom or our caretaker in our mind. And that and we're in transference and projection with the other person. Relationship becomes challenging and lots of difficulties and lots of problems because now we don't see the other person. We're not relating to the other person. We're in a trance somewhere else. And so then there's so many difficulties that happen and projections and arguments about things that really aren't things that we're arguing about that's often not even about what we're arguing about. If we can be aware of, okay, the purpose of life, the purpose of relationship, then we can move into relationship with much more conscious awareness and intention. Then we can move into relationship with much more uh, understanding. And when two people can do that, then then you can start having a different context in relationship and maybe a sacred context in relationship to be able to hold each other and relate to each other that from a bigger viewpoint so that when stuff does come up, because it will come up and difficulties will arise and challenges will arise, and then you can not necessarily get so over-identified or lost in the stuff and the triggers and the challenges, but, but, but use the vehicle of relationship as a sacred container to heal To help each other heal, to evolve, to question, to investigate, also as its own process for evolution, awakening, and enlightenment. And ultimately, when we realize that there is, if that's the case, then there really is no relationship out there. The person you attract to you is a mirror manifestation of yourself. The person you attract to you is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness. The person you attract to you reflects to you aspects of yourself that you most need to heal and integrate and make peace with and learn and digest and, you know, embrace and forgive. And, and it might seem like there's a relationship out there in the form of the other person, but the other person is just showing you dimensions of yourself. And, and, and so when you get there's no relationship, out there. I'm in a relationship with myself that is projected out there in the form of this person then you start taking the focus and the fixation and the blame and the responsibility off of the person to fulfill you, to change, to be different because one of the sources of suffering is wanting someone to be different or or wanting or making another person, the source of your loving, which just sets you up for a, it's a recipe for suffering and drama and, 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 and codependency and dysfunction and frustration in relationship, which is only lead to so much pain. And so when you can, understand, okay, there's no relationship out there. The other person's mirroring to me aspects of myself so that when stuff does happen, sure, you might need to speak to the other person, but you can speak to them from a, from a more, more awakened place. You can speak to them from more spaciousness and compassion rather than pointing the finger and blame. But it becomes less about what they're doing and what they're not doing. And it becomes more about, hmm, if this person is a mirror of myself, what are they mirroring to me about myself? If this person is 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 a, is a, is a feedback as to where I am at in my consciousness, then what is it that I need? Why have I attracted this person? What is it that I need to look at? What is it that I need to shift? What is it that they're reflecting to me about myself that I don't want to see, or don't want to shift, or don't want to deal with, or that is triggering triggering me so much? And and when we can see that, then we then we shift our focus inside to then heal and transform and make peace with whatever aspect that is in ourselves. And as we transform within ourselves, then that will energetically vibrationally shift the relationship, either the energy in the relationship will shift, either we will shift our response to how they are being that was previously creating the conflict and that will impact them. um, Or we will choose something different if there's a shift that doesn't happen. And so I think when we kind of get that as a foundation, it sets you up for a whole different relationship with relationship. And many of the issues that we think are the issues that we're making about the other person often aren't the issues. They're really things we need to deal with within ourselves. And so I think when we do that, um, it transforms things in relationships. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's at least a start.
2: It totally does. Um, I, Really, I'm a big fan of Byron Katie when she says, and I want to get your opinion on this,
0: Okay.
2: whatever the person says Mm. that you don't agree with, can you turn it around and say, I don't like that about myself. And people will sit there like when I'm coaching somebody, I have a client right now who's like, if my daughter would just do this, or if my husband would just do this. And I'm like, let's go back. what what is it that you don't like about them? And then, you know, she'll say, well, if if they just did this, then I would be so happy, but of course they're not going to do it. And I said, where can you change the sentence to when I do this, it really bothers me about me because they're, they're, we're literally in a hologram all the time of, you know, everything I see about Coot that I like, I'm like, oh my gosh, cool. That means I have it too, but I'm not thinking that I'm just thinking how amazing you are, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that knows that I see whatever I see in you, I, I have in myself, right? So whenever I see something beautiful in another person, I'm like, <coughs> wow, I must be evolving, right? Even just to be a colleague of yours or someone I get to interview, I'm like, oh my God, how did I get to this level where I get to talk to, I get to spend an hour with Kooplax, and like, wow, I'm so lucky. And there's a part of me that wonders, what's your how-to, Coot? Like, I know you're a human being, you're a very evolved human being. But when you have those moments, because you're a human and something pisses you off or tips you off, or you feel like going to that place of animal behavior and you're, you forget for a second, I'm a soul living in a human body that goes to the bathroom and sweats and pees and drinks water and, you know, and eats food and has desire for meaning. Like, what do you do? What, what's your how-to to to do your turnaround?
0: Turn around from what specifically?
2: When a person says something or does something that upsets you or triggers you and you notice the trigger, what's your homework for how to deal with seeing them as an extension of you or or a mirror of you?
0: Look, I I would say two things. I think when when you do your mental emotional work in a lot of it, the things that used to trigger you don't trigger you in the same way. That's what I found for myself. So there's a lot of things that used to trigger the shit out of me. I'm honestly just it's not even that important anymore. It doesn't upset me in the same way anymore. You know, I might notice it, I might see it, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it has nothing to do with me when maybe 15 years ago I thought, oh, it's it's me and I'm upset. It's because I have ceased taking things as personally my relationship with people's projections or what people do or say has radically shifted and transformed. I'm not saying I'll never get upset or triggered, or you know, but even when I do, so so that's one, I just don't take a lot of things personally in the same way anymore, because I know it doesn't have much to do with me. It, it's really more about them and just let it be, let them deal with it, you know? And, and so that's, that's one thing. The other thing I would say is I'll, I'll put it this way. Like I really don't give a shit about myself. I really don't care. I got to the point where after doing a lot of healing work, I'm an advocate, advocate for do your healing work, you know, but after getting to a point of doing the work, doing the work, there just came a point where I started to lose interest in myself. Honestly, I just didn't find myself and my shit and my BS and my story and my, ch- I just didn't find it that interesting. I mean, I maybe had exo- beat it and exhausted it like a dead horse, but I just didn't, I stopped. It just like, it just started to lose my taste for myself and my story and my suffering. And and I just became less interesting. And, and, and that shift, was, was 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 really profound because up until that point, there was always a constant like, you gotta deal with my stuff. And when I started to lose the interest in myself, there was a real freedom unfolded. And sometimes when triggers would occur or triggers would happen, it ceased being a big deal. And it was no longer about the issue. And it became more about my relationship with the issue and my relationship with myself and how I related to myself in the moment. And that kind of freed me up to just flow more. And so maybe there was a moment of anger, maybe there's a moment of something and it just, and it was no longer about the anger. It just was like, oh, okay. Something just, you know, there was something that went blip and it just, just let it, let it flow. In, In relating to myself that way more and more, what I found was I began to reinforce my ego less. And when you, in reinforcing the ego less, Just certain certain kind of identities, ways of identifying just loosened and dropped away. And there was more space. I was reminded by what one of my very, very, very first teachers said to me when I went to India and was stuck with him in India, a very maybe supposedly enlightened being. Uh, And he said, Kud, if you want to change yourself, just hurry up and do it now. Because whenever you get enlightened, you won't give a shit. Like you you won't. And and I'm not saying I'm enlightened, but but I remembered when I when I noticed one day, like, I'm really not that interested in my here, my story and my why am I angry? It just it just lost its interest. And and that was a and I understood what he said. I was like, ah, oh, I really don't care that much. I mean, I'm aware, but I just don't care that much about what is happening. Like it really doesn't matter what is happening in me because None of these patterns and reactions, and you know, none of that is me. None of that is what I really am. None of that is what you really are. And so, I think when you can have a relationship with your stuff that's spacious, then you don't reinforce it. And as you don't reinforce it, it starts to lose its grip and falls away. And for me, that's, that's what has happened. I've experienced, you know, and so. Yeah, these days, if there's a moment, there's a moment. It's just, it is what it is, to be honest. It just, it passes through like a fart, you know, like a cloud <laughs> in the sky. You know, you, 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 we, we all fart, right? I mean, just to get graphic, but to make my point, like when you fart, you don't sit there and go, oh my God, I farted. What's wrong with me? You know, I can't believe I had a fart. Oh and sit there with a bottle and examine the fart for the next 14 years just let it go you just let it go literally you let it go yeah you just literally let it go yet 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 often we pick at ourselves and we yeah. you know overanalyze and we don't realize we're just kind of reinforcing our identity and so i think what's important the issue is not the issue is your relationship with yourself and 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 um doesn't really matter what happens what matters more is can you love yourself through it no matter what and it's that loving and compassion that provides the space for healing. So that doesn't mean I haven't done a lot of, lot of, lot of work because, yeah. you know, for 20 some years, I just fucking buried my head in, in dealing with my shit. And and then there was space and, and it just, now it really doesn't matter. I, like, I, I just, I don't take myself as seriously. Let's put it that way. And I think if we were to all step back, and observe, you know, step back and observe. If you're triggered, step back and observe. And so that's what I'll do. I'll step back now and just kind of observe and notice, you know, maybe a reaction or emotion arising and just notice it. And if you can notice something, and there's some space between you and that something, you notice that there's space. And if you can observe something, then you are not that something. And the challenge is we're so entrenched in it that we can't observe it. We're so entrenched in it that we're so identified in it that we're just lost in the spiral of emotion and th- and we're just gone. And But if you can step back and have some spaciousness to observe, then what you can observe, you're not. And that provides another lens and dimension of freedom. And so now I just, you know, if there's anything I do, maybe it's just watching and observing, like, oh, interesting, you know, oh, interesting, yeah. you know, okay, oh, that was interesting, okay, maybe could have done it differently, but, but you know, it's, it's just because what I found is judging yourself, and, and I've done it all, it, it doesn't do anything, it, it, it doesn't resolve the situation, it doesn't heal you, doesn't resolve it, and so now it's just more like, okay, I see it. And so the observation, you know, the, to to observe yourself without justification or judgment, just to observe, like, okay, I see that reaction. Hmm, I see. Maybe it could have been different. Okay, I understand. And be being with that, you know, and bringing loving and compassion is 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 at least in this moment key.
2: Yeah, beautiful. I love you said space like ten times and. Mm-hmm. I love that because when we put space between ourselves and the other who we might be having conflict with, and really it's just our hologram rubbing up against their hologram and triggering Mm -hmm. our own view of ourselves. He didn't really say the other person, which I love. I want our listeners to really hear that. He wasn't saying, so really go back and focus on what they said and find what's wrong with it. He said, yeah, I, I probably interpreted that wrong or I... I could have done it differently. Yeah. And, and notice there's no judgment on Kut's part either of himself. Right. Um,
0: look, there, no, no, no one is the source of your happiness. Yeah. And, no, and, and I would say this might push some people, but no one has the ability to make you mad. Yes. No one has the ability to trigger you. No one has the ability to piss you off. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying that won't happen. But 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 to play with, the, like, no one has the ability to make you upset. Well, we, that... make, we often make ourselves upset by how we choose to see it, how we choose yeah. to interpret it, how we choose to view it. Right. Or maybe there's kind of certain unresolved sensibilities inside of us that have nothing to do with the other person that get activated when they say X. It triggers the unresolved X inside of us that has to do with, you know, dad and mom. That has nothing to do with the person, but really the upset and the emotion is about something else. And so so the challenge is what we tend to do as human beings is we say, I'm upset because you did ABC. And I now want you to stop doing ABC so that I'm not upset anymore. And either I'm going to control and manipulate and do all these gyrations to kind of get you to stop doing ABC so I can be happy and not upset. Now I'm giving you so much power. I'm giving you so much energy. I have given you my power to control me and run me. And I'm not saying the ABC that you're doing is okay, is is sane, is, you know, we're not debating that. But so long as you make somebody responsible for how you feel, you will suffer. So long as you make someone responsible for how you feel, you are going to suffer. And we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? I just got to the point in my life where I realized, shit, I'm a puppet. I'm a slave. It's not worth it. It's not worth it anymore. And that's when I had to just kind of take my power back and say, No one has the power to make me upset. I'm not saying I never got upset again, but no one has the power. And I think when we can just hold that idea. And so when we say I'm upset because you did ABC, we tend to focus on the ABC and trying to change the ABC to stop you from doing the ABC. But the real move, if you want to say turn around, is when you say, okay, I'm not going to focus on the other person and changing them. I'm going to focus on my upset." the upset, the, the unresolved emotional, unresolved something inside of me that really was always there. They pushed the button, but if it wasn't in me, the button wouldn't have been pushed. And, and so either I try to get them to stop pushing it, or I feel this part of me so that even if they do push it, then I don't feel it in the same way. I don't feel it in the same way. And, and so that's freedom, you know, when somebody can push your button and nothing happens, you know, someone push your button and nothing detonates. Something push your button and you can still set your boundaries and say, yo, that's not cool, but you're not flipped out about it. And, and on the floor for two weeks, mad. You're just like, stop doing that, please, right? And so you can still uh, 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 set your boundaries and love yourself without the the added charge of exhaustion that comes with, with stuff being complete in your own wounds. And so then, so the shift becomes not focusing about what you're doing or not doing, but focusing on what is this upset? What is unresolved inside of me? And so if you're in a moment of trigger, you can ask yourself, how is this feeling familiar? There's one question. How is this feeling familiar? Oh, it's, kind of like my, when I was seven, like, how is it familiar? Do you start realizing that's what I need to deal with? Not what they said, How is this feeling familiar? You know, what is this really about? And just being with the sensation and the feeling to allow that feeling to move. But when we get so fixated on the other person, we're distracting ourselves from the real essence of the feeling, which then keeps us stuck, you know? And so I think that's, that's, that's a move and a shift that can lead to more freedom.
2: Yeah. I love that. It's like going to the doctor and they're like, oh, you have to work on your cholesterol or, you know, your heart isn't doing so hot. Maybe, you know, try cardio a few minutes extra every day. You don't, this one client I had is like, you know, she she pokes the bear, she pokes the bear and her friend, we're living in such a litigious society, whether people are suing each other or writing about it on Instagram or slamming somebody and speaking so harshly about them. I don't even speak harshly about celebrities. You know, you know the only thing I post about is sometimes when the mm-hmm. UN gets it wrong and there's literally human injustice and I want people to be aware. Um, but I really watch it myself of like, whether I, you know, when someone posts something, even about a celebrity, it's like, people think that just because you're, you say something nasty about Justin Bieber because he was wearing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? It is a big deal. You're You're literally adding to, to yeah. someone, it's just bad energy, right? But
0: even, so, even even with Justin Bieber or celebrity or what have you, you know, yeah. you think you're, you're you're seeing them, but the reason we're triggered nice. or you're triggered has nothing to do with them. They're just acting, they're just reflecting some part of yourself that's exactly. a projection that you're right. not either, you know, that you either you're not owning, you're not acknowledging, you're not at peace with, or you're not at peace with your capacity to do that. And so it's easier to project yes. that onto onto them. You're like. I'm not like Donald Trump. Why are you so yeah. mad? Why are you so <laughs> mad? I'm not, you know, what? Well, 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 because he's, okay, maybe he has, he, maybe he's doing some things that aren't, you know, aligned, exactly. possibly, but yes. the level of charge, you know, right. you can still address the issue without all of this charge. And so right. often the, the fact that you have the charge mm-hmm. about Justin Bieber, about Kanye West, about, you know, right. the list goes on, it yeah. has often nothing to do with the person. It has to do with you because someone else might look at it and go, Yeah, Justin Bieber. Okay, mm, shitty t shirt. <laughs> I don't like the t shirt, but it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, don't like the way he behaves. But, right. you know, and, and so, and, and so, whenever we see, whenever we're triggered, whenever we start projecting and pointing, and making about the other person, it's never about the other person. Yeah. And that, and that is how we. Take our power back. You know yeah. the world is a mirror manifestation of our consciousness. The world that we see <clears throat> is a mirror manifestation of our consciousness. The leaders who are running our country and the countries are a mirror, mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness Absolutely. of all of us combined. Donald Absolutely. Trump, Joe yeah. Biden, you yep. know uh, Putin. The list goes on. Well, oh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't lie. Well, really there's yeah. so many ways that we do lie to ourselves all the times we say yes when we be no all the times we hide and you know are not in integrity all the times we cheated on our wife or you know whatever whatever it is we do all the times we cheated ourselves out of our own light like, like and so there's so many ways that it's easier to project it onto someone else than to say how am I out of integrity how do I lie how do I do some level of that or how do I have the capacity to do that, that I'm not at peace with, that I'm not acknowledging, that I'm not, that I'm actually afraid of, that I'm denying my capacity, even though I never do that, my capacity to do that. And when you can make peace with that, you you sort of own that projection and you actually sort of collapse the separation and you bring healing to yourself and also the planet in dropping judgment.
2: So let's say there's a mom who has Mm. a daughter and a husband, the, the Mm. husband's treating her like on a dime. He could be rude to her and and start yelling at her. And the daughter asks for money. Uh Doesn't really see the person never calls them, even though the mom's saying, Hey, Uh can we just talk on the phone? And they're like, Nope, I'm just going to text you and you can't, and I'm not interested. And yet she's always there. And when she Mm. calls, she's right there. How do you, how would that mom
0: Oh, what would the mum do, right? Not the yeah. doctor, the mum. So, so yeah. yes. What, what? Look, it, it's challenging, um, because you know the, the the in the example you're speaking about, mums and mums give a lot, and so I just want to say, first and again, I'm going based on a specific example. It could change if it was boyfriend, the girlfriend, husband, and what. But 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 mums give a lot, and I think mums are heroes. And and to be honest, I think we should. Uh, pressure and honour our mothers as much as possible because they give birth to us. They put up with so much of our bullshit. Um, I couldn't imagine holding a a kid for nine months in my physical body alone, let alone having to deal with the responsibility, you know, of my my child for 18 years and on. And so we need to honour our mothers and we need to really give them the respect that's due. And I think in our modern day culture... We don't. Uh, we are often quite entitled. And we born, parents raised us, and then we're off, and we're like, bye, see you later. And we don't check in. We don't really care. We don't check in on our parents. We don't go visit them. And and, and I, think, I think that needs to shift, you know? I agree. I, I, th- I think that uh, there is a sacred beauty and a duty to appreciating your mother and parent there's a sacred duty to 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 take care of them and a privilege in taking care of them and that is uh i think a lost thing in our western culture we are very self-centered and self-focused in our western culture where it's like bye it's all about my life now and you know we our parents just do whatever they do and in the eastern it's kind of the opposite where maybe it goes to the other extreme where everyone lives together and it maybe it's a bit too much to take care of family. And so I think then just needs to be a beautiful balance, you know? Um, and, and so that's what I would just say, like mothers need honoring for what they have done for us. And maybe you did not have the perfect mother and you know, the mother you wanted, but still they're your mother and they still gave us life. And so just that alone deserves love and respect. If you're the mother, Uh, I would say, yes, really honor what you are and honor what you bring and honor all that you are because many mothers don't. Because in our culture, we don't always appreciate mothers. Uh, I'm just a mother, just a mother. You're the source of life. You're the source of existence. You're the source of the whole universe. None of the universe and everybody in it would not exist if we didn't come through you. And so I think when mothers can truly honor themselves and honor their real value and honor like what you are really bringing to humanity and the world. Even if you are, let's say a stay at home mother, maybe you're not regardless of what kind of mother, the fact that you are doing that is profoundly valuable. And so I think as a mother, honor yourself. And if you're in a place where your husband's treating you like crap and your kid isn't honoring you, then look, you have to look at your own relationship with yourself. And where are you and what are they reflecting to you about yourself? Like, where are you not valuing yourself? Where are you not in relationship with yourself? Where are you treating yourself like your husband treats you and how your daughter treats you and how your kid treats you? And how do you treat yourself that way? Because also, if you are, if maybe you've made everyone else your life and you haven't really made yourself important in any way and now everyone's gone, then you were also in a codependent relationship with them or need-based relationship with them and they were your life they were your source and so unconsciously you know when they turn 18 and they grow up they they may feel that and they and they they need to break out of the maybe unhealthy dynamic that was need-based to just feel like they can breathe and so it may not be that your kid doesn't love you it might need more of that Uh, they're just trying to exist and breathe and find their own autonomy and space and they don't feel that they can do that in relationship with you because it feels so dependent based and and that dependency feels like a chain the dependency feels like a prison and they love you but but it feels so heavy to be in relationship with you because uh, uh you are dependent on them for your sense of identity and that is heavy psychically and psychologically for a child and and so the resistance is I can't I can't speak to you can't be around you can't you know and and so I think as a mother you have to look at your own relationship with yourself and find yourself And connect with yourself and mother yourself and love yourself and value yourself and love your inner child and heal those parts of you so that you can come into a deeper wholeness and completeness to to give yourself all the loving you probably gave everyone else, to give that to yourself so that you you don't come from need. Because when you're also coming from need, that will tend to push people away, that might push your kid away energetically, even though they don't know why. And, and, and when you come from need and lack, it, not that this is right, but you, your husband may not respect you energetically as much because he feels like you're not whole and not complete. And, and, and so I think when you connect with your wholeness and heal your heart and heal yourself, you come into your power, uh, then you no longer come from need and you start developing a life that is full. And 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 as you cultivate a life that is full, like a garden, of fullness, then you project a different energy and frequency. And either your husband will shift and you know align with the new reality and start be able to honor you because you're honoring yourself, or you'll get a new husband who can do that, <laughs> you know, or who can really do that. Because if it, it, it no longer aligns, but there's a chance if he loves you, it it, it can. Realign, and you have conversations about it. And then there's a chance that you will kind of reach out to your kid less from a need-based place and just have a life so full and, and exciting that you reach out less. And when you do communicate with your kid, it's less about, please, need, need you. Come to me, I need you. It's more about, hey, how are you doing? I love you. Hope you're well. I'm cool over here. And then they start feeling your, you don't need them. You're not leaning on them. They start feeling your fullness that, slowly they kind of start leaning back into you in a healthy way because like you, you're in your garden, sipping champagne, celebrating yourself, dancing, having an amazing time. And your kid feels that energy and starts going, what's going on over there with my mom? And they kind of walk into your life and come into your garden and they start coming to you. But if, if it's like a field, zero to hundred, you've gone 98% to the other side and And there's no room for them to come to you, But if you kind of step back to like the halfway line, now you give your kid the room to come to meet you. But right now, maybe the way you're doing it from lack and need, there's no room for them to come to you because you're always reaching out. So you have to also allow the space for them to show up. and they and likely they will feel that and with a bit of time. If, if you love each other, unless there's been some crazy traumas and dramas and abuse, they will feel the space that they have to come to you.
2: There are people who just have major challenges mentally that can't show up when you want them to. Yeah, it.
0: that's that's different. Yeah, there, there are people right? that, you know, if there are chemical things, yeah. you know, real chemical things, then some people don't have the biochemical structure physiologically, brain-wise. That's not an excuse, but there might be real sort of structural Biochemical situations where people don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to actually do that,
2: and all the more so when someone has that situation, we can't need them more because it's just like it's literally like suffering. You're you're like, well, if I if I just complain enough, or if I just ask, oh, that
0: won't work. You have to, yeah, you have to understand that. Yeah, that it's like a car that doesn't have the the engine you know, or doesn't have a piece of wire. It just doesn't have that wiring, at least in this moment. But
2: you can still learn to love them unconditionally. and Whatever comes is gravy or icing, because you are loving yourself so much and you're loving them from such an unconditional place that you don't need them to come back to you. Mm -hmm. You don't need that phone call. Mm -hmm. Whatever they give you is enough. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. So helpful. Could not have said it better. And since we're talking about lack, I've keep hearing this word recession and, uh, more crime and, you know, more difficulty in the world. And, you know, the news is just, I stopped watching the news in 2001. However, I'm alive. I'm awake. I have friends, I have a phone. So there are sometimes things that come across my phone because who has a desk anymore? Who has an office anymore? And There's sort of like this zeitgeist of the world is so crazy. Oh, the world is crazy now, right? The world always was crazy. We just have 24 hour news that projects this fear and violence and scarcity. So coming from what you just said about relationships, because everything is everything else and everything's reflecting everything else. When we're not respecting the mother, when we're not respecting our fathers and our grandparents and the elderly and the wisdom of living a life that's more than 20 years old or 40 years old someone who doesn't have an iPhone doesn't have the latest Zoom account and we're we're really just throwing them in the gutter mm-hmm. because they're just not with it or they don't understand or they didn't vote like us or whatever how what i'm asking two things basically how can we really awaken <laughs> and along that, those lines, how can we get out of this scarcity mindset? Because in this moment, there's so many people saying, well, I would take the dream of my life trip around the world. Well, I would go for my dream career, but there's a recession. So I can't do this. And I'm going to stay in this little box. What is something that we can do right now today that blows sure. that out of the water? Cause you and I
0: both. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's a few things I will say abundance is really not about what you have it's about how you feel about yourself and about how you feel about what you have because you can have a billion billion dollars but not value yourself truly appreciate yourself and you're still poor you can have a zillion dollars but live in such scarcity still and afraid of losing it and you're poor you can have a billion dollars and just hoard it to yourself and you're poor and so abundance is a state of mind it's a state of being and it's a state of how you feel about who you are, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about life. And I think when you, you know, some of the most abundant people I've met have had nothing, like literally nothing, you know, net worth $20, $30, $100. And and so it's a state of being. Um, and so not a function of what you have. And I think when you realize that it changes the game. Uh, and, and And so I would just invite people to uh, we get so focused on what we don't have. We get so focused on what we can't control. We so we get so focused on what we on what's going to go wrong. We get so focused on uh, uh, how far we have to go. We get so focused on what's wrong with us, rather than focusing on like sounds simple, but we just don't do it. What's right about us? What's amazing about all that we do have to be grateful for and to feel it. If you want more abundance. Stop complaining about what's wrong and stop complaining because the more you complain, the more you are praying and affirming for lack. The more you complain, the more you're praying and affirming for what you don't have, the more you're actually activating and amplifying more of what you don't have. Rather than saying, okay, oh, this is the way things are, but wow, I celebrate this about my life. I celebrate this about myself. I celebrate this. I celebrate this. And find ways to cultivate the feeling inside of yourself of abundance, cultivating the feeling within yourself of what it would feel like to, to already be experiencing it and feel it now. And that's free. And so the more you can live in that feeling of, okay, when I do get my dream job, how would I feel? They Find ways to be of service right now and give away more of what you want. You want more love? Give it away. You want more money, okay. give it away. But I don't have any money. Well, you you probably have more than the guy in, 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 in you know skid row. And so give away a dollar and feel magnificent about it. It's the intention. It's the energy. It's the prayer of giving that you start opening your heart. It's activating that feeling within yourself of saying, I have $2 I can give. I don't have 2000 but I have $2 I can give. Or it's, it's saying, wow, how can I... I don't have $2. Well, can you pick up the phone? When's the last time you picked up the phone and called somebody? Probably in your Rolodex, speaking to everyone, in your Rolodex, there's probably 400 people. Out of those 400 people, probably 10% of them are probably feeling miserable today. So, probably 10% of them are feeling like no one gives a shit about them. Maybe Does my life really mean anything? Am I making a difference? Do I really matter? So you want to live in abundance? Stop just focusing on yourself and what you can get. Instead, focus on how you can be of service and start giving. Because that moves you into the field of abundance, the state of abundance. Because in order to give, you have to open your heart. And when you open your heart, you open yourself to receiving at the level you're giving. And so pick up the phone and call somebody and speak to them for five minutes and let them know the difference they've made in your life, what they mean to you, what you appreciate about them. You might just literally save a life. You might literally be transforming someone's mental health that is making a contribution because you don't know the struggles that people are going through right now. And so you might say, well, I can't do that. Well, then just smile, (laughs) you know, just, just walking down the street in the grocery store and just smiling, that's free. We can all give that. And so just find even if it's a small way to be of service and give. We live in scarcity because we're so focused on ourselves sometimes, my needs, my want, my my rent. I'm not saying don't focus on it, but when we get so lost in that, we start contracting. But when we start thinking of how can I make a difference? How can I be a contribution from small ways to bigger ways? It moves us into a, a bigger state of possibility Okay, recession, blah, 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 this and that. In recession, somebody's making a billion dollars right now. There are billionaires being made right now, this moment, this um, second, right now. I'm sorry to say, but the richest man I think now is no longer Elon Musk. The richest man in the world is Bernard Arnault, who owns LVMH, which is, you know, Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, all the Gucci brands, what, what, whatever, not Gucci, but all the other brands and, you know, what have yeah. you.
2: And someone's buying
0: them. Somebody's buying them right now. Billionaires and some of the greatest fortunes are made in recession. Some of the greatest fortunes have been made in recession. So why not you? And and people might say, but I want to make money. But the thing is, you cannot make money and be abundant focusing on yourself. The people that make money, which is why I don't bash anybody that makes money. Elon Musk. Amazon, uh jeff bezos people want to hate on him but the truth is i used amazon prime last night at 11 p.m and i got my product at 7 a.m <laughs> now i don't know about you but i don't know if you or i added that much value to someone's life in the last 24 hours 100%, 100%, so, so yeah so if you want more abundance don't focus on on money don't just focus on what you can get focus on how you can be of service and how you can add value and how you can add value by solving a pain problem or challenge. Because the people that are going to thrive during this time, the people that are going to make money during this time, are people that are going to be adding value to people's lives. Amazon, love them or hate them, they're adding value to people's lives. That's it. Elon Musk, love them or hate him, is adding value to people's lives in abundance and in the form of money is an energy exchange of when you add value by solving a pain problem or challenge. In order to do that, you cannot be focused on yourself and your life and your little self. You have to be focused on serving humanity in some specific way. And so that's what I would say.
2: And also you focus on the feeling of how you'll feel or how you want to feel. Like Esther Hicks, I was with her last Saturday and she was saying, you know, in this big room, um, I'm sure you've gone to her too. It's like, you know, she was saying, you're, you're look. I love doing her impression. You're looking at the water to boil, but if you keep looking at the water to boil, you can't focus on your feelings. So it's like, she's really into feeling good. Right. Like you said earlier, it's it's both. If you keep looking at your bank statements, guess what you're going to get more scrutiny in your bank statements. But if you focus on how you want to feel, then you actually, then you have a, then you have a chance of attracting other situations and people into your life to make that abundance. Um, and Just based on what you said before, I went to a kosher market yesterday because I I shop a lot in Whole Foods and Air One and and a kosher market. And so there was a woman having a really rough day. I could see it on her face. And I said, would you like a hug? And she said, yes. And so I hugged her and it was like hugging my grandma. And I got so much out of it. And she said, I really needed that today. And I said, it's my pleasure. I said, you know why I did that? She said, why? I said, because a year ago we couldn't do that. Because a year and a half ago, we were in a mask, and I couldn't even see your face to know you were you were needing a hug. But I just thought you might need it. It was such a good feeling. Um, Coot, thank you so much. I, I love when you speak. You're such a good riffer. You know, you you don't work with notes. It's so obvious. You just open your mouth, and it's like a faucet of wisdom and golden sunshine. Um, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get your new book? Sure. What are like the bonuses? You always um,
0: the yeah the new book. Uh, go to Amazon. It's it's called The Magic of Surrender. Get the paperback version. You can check it out there. Uh, you can go to my website, cootblackson.com. Uh, enter your name and your email to get a free three-part uh, video training series on purpose and finding your purpose. So that's Uh For those that feel inspired by the conversation, uh, join me in Bali. Twice a year, I do an event in Bali. It's called Boundless Bliss. For those of you that may feel a calling to make a difference on the planet and serve humanity in some way, you feel a vision, you feel a calling, you're ready to transform yourselves and connect with your truth and live your destiny. Uh, The last 10 years, I've done a very special, unique 12-day seminar training without walls in Bali. Uh, You can find out more www.boundlessblissbali.com. This is my last year doing this particular event in Bali. So if you want to do it, this is it. I've done 20 of these events and they've been truly unlike anything on the planet. So
2: What are the dates of those?
0: Uh, July the 28th through August the 8th.
2: That's my birthday. I want to do it on my do birthday. It.
0: This is it. This is the last year.
2: Coot, Thank you for being thank so you. magical. I'm so great grateful to know you. Thanks, Thanks
0: for so coming much. back. Bless you. Thanks Bye. for having me.
1: Amen. And here are some takeaways from Coop Blackson. We are now in a period of awakening because people are realizing we're not just here to work, but to grow. The person you attract to you reflects all of the aspects of yourself that you need to heal. No one person can give you or heal all that you need to be given or
2: to heal in this lifetime. They can, however, point out to you what you yourself need to shift or deal with and that which is triggering you so much shift your focus inside to heal, transform, and make peace with what we need to transform in ourselves. And you'll find your bliss. The energy in the relationship will shift. Often the things that we take issue with inside of the other person is what we ourselves need to work on, not reinforcing the identity and ego and losing that story that we've been carrying around will lose the intrigue eventually. So don't lose hope especially if you're someone like me and is always doing spiritual work. You won't have to prove or release it because it will be released. (laughs) Coot says, when you fart, you don't sit there and go, what's wrong with me? You let it go, right? You stop overanalyzing. He says, spiritual growth is like that as well. Can you love yourself through it no matter what? It's usually all about loving yourself no matter what when you're triggered, step back and observe and notice a reaction or emotion arising and just notice it. Notice what's interesting about it. Stop beating yourself up and judging yourself. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't resolve any situation. No one has the power to make you upset. No one has the ability to make us upset. Also, the opposite is true. None of us are responsible for someone else's feelings either. So stop trying to change someone else's A, B, C, D, or E and focus on your own A, B, C, D, and E. If I say to myself, I'm not going to focus on the other person and changing them. Instead, I'm going to focus on the upset, the unresolved, the triggered inside of me. Then I can actually get to the work. They may have pushed my button, but it was always there waiting to be pushed. Set your boundaries, but stop focusing on what you're doing or not doing and what is unresolved inside of you. How is this feeling familiar? Ask it when you start to feel that triggering feeling. Where's this coming from? Have, where have I felt this before? That's what you need to deal with, not with what the person said, but rather what are you feeling and how is it familiar? Be with that sensation and allow it to move and flow and change. Don't hold on to it in the state that it's in. The world is a mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness. All the world leaders, reflection of us as a society. It's easier to project all of the problems onto someone else instead of saying, how am I out of integrity? How did I contribute to this? If I'm noticing this issue in my leaders, in my community leader, how am I noticing that? Because what, what do I need to work on that is casting that same glow? Denying your own capacity to do that, bring healing to the planet by dropping the judgment. Honor your mother, visit her, honor your father, visit him, take care of them. It's a sacred duty. Eastern culture, everyone lives together. Western culture, people leave home at 18, they hardly come back. There should be a balance. Mothers, they need honoring. You want more abundance? Save someone's life possibly by giving to them. Pick up the phone, go through your Rolodex, go through your address book and say, Who have I not called in a while? Who might just need a little bit of a heart hug from a phone call from me? Pick up the phone. Don't just text them and listen to their voice. Call someone until you get their voice and tell them how much they mean to you. Remind them of something they once did to to you or for you that really helped some way in your life. Go outside and Get a coffee for someone. I'm sure you have at least $2 sitting around you could possibly give to somebody else. So use it. When we focus on, I gotta pay my bills, I gotta pay my rent, how am I gonna pay for that big vacation that I want coming up? Or the one that I couldn't go on because it was just too expensive. Find a way to stop in that the middle of that conversation you're having with yourself. And instead of saying, I wish I had more, I wish I had more, I wish I was more abundant, go out and be abundant for someone else. Use the little bit that you have, your energy. And if you can't afford a $2 coffee for someone else or or a, a smoothie, go and smile at the next person that you see in the street or in your grocery store. You will start to feel that abundance because it's something that really ignites kindness in the world and really ignites that beautiful feeling inside of you and the other person that's receiving it. You could actually save someone's life. We live in scarcity because we get lost in ourselves, in our homes, in our needs, in our bills. And instead of asking the question, how am I gonna do it this month, this year, next year, uh, feeling overwhelmed, say, how can I make a contribution right now to the world, to others? You know, in this recession, people keep bringing up that word, someone is making a billion dollars right now, Besides Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, Bernard Arnold, uh, the guy who owns Hennessy, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, someone is buying their wares, right? Even in the middle of of a horrific recession for a lot of places, there's somebody making money. There's people that are working for them and somebody's profiting from that. It just, it, money is constantly an energy. It doesn't just stop. And you can feel more abundant when you start to be part of that flow and you give of yourself instead of feeling like everything's been taken away from you. When you start to feel like you have nothing left, that's when you need to give even more. If you want to find out more about Kuplaksin, go to The Magic of Surrender. That's his new book at cuteblackson.com and pick up a book, a soft cover, and you can also get a bonus of finding your purpose 3-day training. You can also visit him this summer in Bali if there's any spaces left for July 28th through August 8th, boundlessblissbali.com. That's Boundless Bali. If
1: you know somebody with a great story about forgiveness, failure, or freedom, please share them with us. If you learn something new or feel like something from this episode could inspire someone else, please share the episode on your Facebook page or Instagram and tag that person and tag us too. You can find all of our social medias, drop us a note, or join our newsletter at www.c1beautifulsoul.com Please don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else Here podcast. May we all choose to look for the light in
0: ourselves and each other in always, always.